0: Happy Friday! Welcome to the morning edition of Daily Podcast Practice for March 19, 2021, where I, your host, Rich Grimshaw, the self-admittedly weakest link in the human chain of evolution, fight my personal war on complacency and pridefulness one day at a time. Here's a question for you. Why do we dream? Lots of articles about that if you go looking on the World Wide Web, but today I have selected to read from Healthline.com, an article written by James Rowland on August twenty second, 2017, and medically reviewed by Deborah Sullivan, PhD, MSN, RN, I, I don't know what all those initials are. PhD, doctorate, MSN... Don't know that. RN, registered nurse. CNE, don't know that. And COI, don't know that. Have you noticed that people put a lot of initials after their names these days? You go onto LinkedIn and look at profiles, and there's all kinds of initials. And I just don't like it. But that's me. The article from James is, Why Do We Dream? Dreams are hallucinations that occur during certain stages of sleep. They're strongest during REM sleep when you may be less likely to recall your dream when you're awake your thoughts have a certain logic to them when you sleep your brain is still active but your thoughts or dreams often make little or no sense true this may be because the emotional centers of the brain trigger dreams rather than the logical regions the role of dreams Uh, researchers still don't entirely agree on the purpose there are however some widely held beliefs and theories one of which is your dreams may be ways of confronting emotional dramas in your life, and because your brain is operating at a much more emotional level than when you're awake, your brain may make connections regarding your feelings that your conscious self wouldn't make. Kind of uh, removing the blocks, all right. Another thought is that dreams are flight or fight training. One of the areas the brain that's most active during dreaming is the amygdala. That's a very old part of the brain. It's the part of the brain associated with the survival instinct and the fight-or-flight response. One theory suggests that because the amygdala is more active during sleep than in your waking life, it may be the brain's way of getting you ready to deal with a threat. Fortunately, the brainstem sends out nerve signals during REM sleep that relax your muscles. That way you don't try to punch or run in your sleep. Except, boy, I've had some dreams lately where that's what I wanted to do. I have been feeling threatened by somebody in my immediate vicinity and I scream at him and I holler at him and all I do is thrash around in the bed and Jan has to wake me up. Dreams as your muse. One theory for why we dream is that it helps facilitate our creative tendencies. Artists of all kinds create. Let's try that again. Artists of all kinds credit dreams with inspiring some of their most creative work. You may have awakened at times in your life with a great idea for a movie or a song. Hmm. I can't say that that's ever happened to me. I, I don't know that I've ever had a great groundbreaking idea. I've had some thoughts that I may have written down once or twice. And that's the thing about these ideas that you get. You don't write them down. They leave you. There's this certain uh, place that you're in as you're, you're you're kind of waking up and there's all kinds of activity Things seem so sharp and crisp and clear in your mind, and then moments later, it's gone. It's so ephemeral. Dreams is memory aids. One widely held theory about the purpose of dreams is that they help you store important memories and things you've learned get rid of unimportant memories and sort through complicated thoughts and feelings. Research shows that sleep helps store memories. If you learn new information and sleep on it, You'll be able to recall it better than if asked to remember that information without the benefit of sleep. Hmm. Don't know that I uh, sign up for that. Why do we have nightmares? Well, because bad things happen to us. <laughs> because life is crappy and because the world is is a fearful place. That's why we have them. Dreams that help you deal productively with emotions, memories, and other information may seem very helpful. The occasional nightmare is considered a dream that's simply more frightening or upsetting. Nightmares tend to be caused by stress, anxiety, or sometimes as a reaction to certain medications. (laughs) I would say certain foods. Yeah, I'm firmly convinced that what you eat has a strong effect on what you dream. What influences dreams? Some factors that affect us when we're awake can also influence our dreams. Health conditions, okay. Foods, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Let me read this. There isn't indisputable evidence that certain foods lead to wilder or better dreams, but it's clear that some foods may set the stage for you to remember your dreams better. Mm, I don't know. Give you more active dreams. Uh, High-carbohydrate foods, for example, can give you quick energy, but after a while, they can leave you feeling down. Anything that affects your waking mood is likely to affect your unconscious mood, too. So, if a sugar crash has you moping around during the day, those feelings could carry over into your sleep. So, stay away from that sugar. Also, food that causes you to wake up throughout the night may result in you waking up more frequently in the REM stage. When that happens, you'll probably remember more of your dreams. Okay, I got that. How to remember your dreams. One of the reasons dreams can be difficult to remember is that the brain chemical associated with memory, norepinephrine, and the brain's electrical activity that helps with recall are at their lowest levels when you're dreaming. In fact, if you have a dream but don't wake up during the dream, you won't be able to remember it. Isn't that interesting? The dreams you remember are the ones that are ongoing when you awaken. Well, I never knew that. I've learned something new today. Thank you very much. Let's go to a phrase. This is phrases.org.uk. And I've picked one out here. What's the meaning of the phrase, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen? It means don't persist with a task if the pressure of it is too much for you. The implication being that if you can't cope, you should leave the work to someone who can. Yeah, get out of here. The origin. It's widely reported as being coined by the U.S. President Harry S. Truman. That's almost correct. But in fact, Truman was known to have used it at least as early as 1942 before he was president. Here's a citation from an Idaho newspaper, the Soda Springs Sun, from July that year. Quote, favorite rejoinder of Senator Harry S. Truman when a member of his war contracts investigating committee objects to his strenuous pace. Quote, if you don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. He used a version slightly nearer the one most often used nowadays in 49 when, after becoming president, he warned his staff not to concern themselves over criticism about their appointments. He said, quote, I'll stand by you, but if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, unquote. You know, I just it sounds like he got this from mom. That's what it sounds like. I wonder if there's any record of that. Truman was well known as a plain speaker in a way that politicians in our more media sensitive age rarely are. This was celebrated by Merle Miller, who published a set of interviews with him called Plain Speaking, and Oral Biography of Harry S. Truman. That was uh, published in 74. It includes this unambiguous gem, which would hardly get past the presidential spin machine these days, quote, I didn't fire him, General MacArthur, because he was a dumb son of a bitch, although he was, but that's not against the law for generals. If it was, half to three quarters of them would be in jail. <laughs> Guess, guess he didn't think much of generals um, the other phrase associated with Truman that has entered our language is the buck stops here oh now here's, here's something interesting another linguistic quirk concerning Truman is the spelling of his name the S in Harry S. Truman isn't short for anything it's just S really And by normal grammatical convention, it wouldn't be followed by a full stop or a period. But Truman always signed his name with a full stop. How about that? Harry S. Truman was just S. That reminds me of uh, uh, an engineer I worked with in my early engineering career. I was still in my 20s at Lockwood Green Engineers in Atlanta. And this was Sonny Jones from the great state of Alabama, Though he graduated from Auburn University, I believe. But his real name was T period M period Jones. That was it. The T and the M didn't stand for anything. It was just T period M period Jones. But he went by the name Sonny. Good guy. I hope he's doing well. Maybe I can find him on the LinkedIn or the Facebook or something. Well, Sonny, if you happen to hear this podcast wherever you are, I hope you'll get in touch. My contact information is at the website dailypodcastpractice.com. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow if you can stand it. Thanks for listening.